Hello, my friends, it's Andy and Hedia coming live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional on ResurrectMinistry.com, where you can find all of our content, this podcast and Andy's Fearless Man podcast, but not the Andy Falco live shows. You just don't want to those, talk into that mic, do you? Those are, those, <laughs> is it far still? Uh-oh. <laughs> you can also find some books to read and what your fans listen to and pastors you may not know. Uh, drop us a line. We'd love to say hello to our listeners or if you have a question, uh, anything we can help you with, you need prayer, or you want to just give us a critique, we'd love that too. And if you care to partner with us, you could do that as well. Yes, for sure. So is it still far from my mouth? <laughs> I'm not good with these microphones, folks. I think actually my chair is far from it too. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's it, Schnooks. Hello, Cindy Hauser. How are you? Hi, Cindy. Nice to see you. And Lisa Wood is on, watching Hello. on Facebook. I thought she's been watching us on YouTube. I thought lately. so. Yeah, but it's okay. You can watch us on Facebook. Not a big deal. Um, I just got used to seeing a whole bunch of YouTube watchers yeah, or viewers. That way you guys can all see each other's comments too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. We are going to go right into the scripture here, or not scripture, into the devotional uh, by Charles Spurgeon in the book Morning by Morning for January 28th. The reference is Colossians 1.28. Perfect in Christ. Charles says, when you search deeply within yourself, don't you find a lack of perfection? Not not you, but you. Are you sure you could do that? That's hard. I know. Sometimes I have a hair out of place. Doesn't every day of your life teach you that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Doesn't every tear that trickles from? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Same spelling, different pronunciation, depending on the context. Let me try that again, Schnugs. Doesn't every tear that trickles from your eyes and every harsh word that proceeds from your lips mutter imperfection? Too frequently you have had such a direct view into your own heart that it seems impossible to dream of even a moment of perfection in yourself. What? Are you talking to me? <laughs> Yet in the midst of this sad awareness of your own perfection, there is imperfection. imperfection. <laughs> I'm having trouble today. Um, I'll explain why after this is over. Yet in the midst of this sad awareness of your own imperfection, there is comfort for you. You are perfect in Christ. In God's sight, you are complete in Christ. Even now you are accepted in the beloved. Yet there is also a second perfection still to come, which is guaranteed to all God's children. Isn't it a delight to look forward to the day when every stain of sin will be removed from believers, when we will be presented without fault and with great joy before God's throne, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless? On that day, Christ's church will be so pure, even the eye of omniscience will not detect a spot or blemish in her. So holy and glorious, it will not stretch the truth in the least to say for us, to say of us, with my Savior's garments on, holy as the Holy One. Wow. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. You know who said that? Samuel Hart. S Samuel Hart said that. <laughs> um, only then will we know, will, 
Only then will we know, taste, and feel the happiness of the fullness of this short phrase, complete in Christ. Not till then will we fully comprehend the heights and depths of the salvation of Jesus. Doesn't your heart leap within you at this very thought? As dark as your soul may be, that day it will be white as snow. As filthy as you are, you will be clean, Hedia. What a miraculous salvation this is. Christ takes a mere worm and transforms it into an angel. He takes someone dark and deformed and makes, his, makes him clean and matchless in his glory. With out peer in his beauty and fit to be the companion of seraphim oh my soul stand and admire this blessed truth perfect in christ so beautiful. what being a he's calling you a worm Schmitz. i can be a worm <laughs> if i get to be perfect in christ i'll be a worm really yes so harsh in this i, I have no problem with being harsh wow if we really knew how as dark as your soul, <laughs> as dark as your soul may be, that day it will be white as snow. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. It's really hard to believe that we could be that holy. Oh, I was going to say be that bad. I was like, really? It's no, not no. a stretch. No, I, I, <laughs> no, that's not that much of a stretch. Uh, but because um, I jest. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Like, how does it all just go away? By him. Mm. By him. And we're not, and we're not, um, like drone, like slobbery drones. Like we're just like, I mean, it just seems like it takes away so much of us. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> our sin is so much of us. It's hard to believe that. But you know, think about it this way. You mm. get glimmers of the really nice person you could be. Right? Don't you get glimmers of that? Where you're like, wow, that was that was good today, Andy. You know? <laughs> so what where does that stem from? It's being in perfect alignment with God, being inspired by the spirit to say the right thing at the right time. Mm. So if you could imagine glimmers of just being good, then imagine when our sin nature is removed. We're still us. But it's that person, that glimmer, 24-7. Wow. So it's still you. It's all the, it's the, that if you think about it in terms of a million instances of when you were good and none of the instances of when you were bad. What's funny, though, is that to be that good, it takes thought and effort. Well, to be bad, it takes no thought and effort. <laughs> well, then it won't. That's the point is that without the, when you don't have to fight the sin nature, then that perfection of Christ that dwells within us is manifested. Hmm. All right. That's, that's the best way I have to think about it, but I've got a completely different tangent that came to my mind. Okay, I want to By hear the it. way, ladies, how is my microphone? Cause I've got the fancy. <laughs> we, yeah, we switched. Just so because I got and shamed. And I'm still turning my head. So I just want to know if I'm able to project while I'm still turning my head. I got to stop turning my head. Actually, my mom watched the broadcast and she's like, why are you always turning your head? <laughs> it's hard to talk to you and not turn my head to look at you. Because you like this. <laughs> oh, 
uh, Lisa says, holding my three children for the very first time were amazing mm. glimmers of God's holy, miraculous, powerful, loving nature. Mm. Yes. Well, it's easy to see his beautiful, powerful nature. <laughs> but when <coughs> can you recall the glimmers of yourself in that nature? Mm. So they may be few and far between for, for us, but if you can recall a time when you were just, you know, just in the spirit, in spirit and in truth, and you just, you did what you believed your Lord wanted you to do, and you said the things he wanted you to say, and just having a million of those moments. Mm. All right. So what's your tan tangent? My tangent is... Uh, I have, and I do this for our church as well. Um, occasionally they send me, um, family members who have children that have either gone to Islam or that were contemplating it. And so I've tried to help pray with the family, tell them what to say, how to encourage their child not to give up their Lord and savior, um, for another religion. But, um, I met somebody else whose friend's daughter had actually became, become a Muslim and she has a YouTube channel. And so I, I was listening to her YouTube and then it's, it's on this channel about, um, it's, it's called a new person, A&P. And so I watched a couple of the videos because I wanted to hear why, and a lot of them are titled, um, why I left Christianity, why I chose Islam. One of them was titled, if you don't give me an answer, I will become a Muslim. And so... Hmm. Um, what has struck me, and it, and it brought to mind First um, Peter 3, I just looked that up, that we must be prepared to always give a defense to anyone who asks why we have hope in, in Christ Jesus. And so at these milestones in people's lives, we have to be able to defend the gospel and the Bible. And so this one um, girl said that she went to her um, pastor to explain to her the veracity of the Bible. This is what Islam says about the Bible. Can you defend the Bible for me? And he says, oh, well, my child, you're just supposed to believe. Mm. Wow. Wow. It's a lazy answer. Lazy answer. <laughs> and there are all these great YouTube videos, folks, on like the five top reasons why the Bible is authentic. I mean, I mean just archaeology, history, prophecy, you know, 42 mm -hmm. authors, 66 books, no inconsistencies, just things that we should be able to rattle off the top of our head. And it just struck me how terribly unfortunate it is that um, these people in crossroads in their lives don't have somebody that, are, that is able to speak into them and give the truth of the gospel. And the other girl was saying that I, nobody could explain the Trinity to me. And that also made me sad because we should be able to defend the Trinity. It's actually the crux of what separates Islam from mm -hmm. the, the God of Islam from um, the God of the Bible. And there's, it, it's the, it, the majesty of salvation and the ability to speak to God is manifested in the triune nature of God. And by not um, being able to defend that concept, uh, you'll lose a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, because a lot of young people, a lot of random people are like, what is this with your three-person your three God? 
you know, it sounds a little weird until you're able to explain it. But yeah, so I just wanted to share my heart with that and just tell people to, you know, please just um, be prepared to give a defense for the hope you have in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. So uh, Lisa yeah. says, uh, this pastor, Mike Goulet, provides this tool. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end. Amen. Amen. And Carrie says, Mike's great. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, we have another man on. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. Hi, Sometimes Michael. I feel, a little, I feel a little lonely with all these women. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> on being prepared to defend. Just, and even the simple things, you don't have to, to cite chapter and verse, but just the, the core things, you know, the best thing to do, watch this video, watch these videos, this channel, this YouTube channel, and listen to the criticisms of how they were able to leave Christ. Mm. And, and, and inevitably, I haven't heard one yet that met who said that they had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's problem number one. Mm. Michael says he's got my back. Nice. He's my backup. Fantastic. Thank you, Michael. Oh, Cindy's saying that's your scripture for tomorrow. You mean the one that Lisa quoted? Matthew that's 28. Matthew 28. That's That would be that's awesome. That's so cool. That. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I like having you around. But I like having you around because you do have the experience of, of being in Islam for 20-something years. 21 years? 22? 25 total. 25. Oh, wow. 25 years. I thought you were 25. I was. Oh, okay. 22. <laughs> 22. Let's be exact. 22. 22. So, yeah, 22 years of being in, in uh, Islam and now with your relationship with Jesus Christ, that gives you a, obviously, a unique uh, perspective and um, the quick ability to understand the differences between the two. But even without that, every Christian should be able to defend the, the Bible. Every every Christian should be able to defend why they believe in uh, in Jesus. Mm. Forget that you don't you know nothing about Islam. You don't have to. But when the question comes, why do you believe the Bible? It's fake. So, like the the first thing she says is, why is the original Bible not um, available? Wrong. It is. That's what the whole. Uh, that's what the. Uh, scrolls proved is that the Bible is exactly the same as it was, you know, when, the, well, how old was that scroll? 1500 to uh, now 5,000 years old almost. Mm. So it's it, that uh, Muslims say that the, um, the God of Islam is the same God as the Torah and of the Injil. Injil is the Bible, mm. but they tell them that Injil is no longer available. It's a ruse to get them not to read the Bible. So when they come back and say the Bible is not authentic, absolutely. Who told you it wasn't? There is no inconsistency. Find me a single inconsistency and point that inconsistency out to me. And they never can right. because there are none. And just the, the prophetic nature of the Bible, like we talk about this all the time. Scripture written 500 years ago is not only 
precisely accurate about the coming of Christ and with explicit detail, but it has historical events that are later proven that history proves, right. not just not just something that involves God and Jesus, but even historically, it's a historically accurate document. And archaeologically, they have findings that prove the stories from the Bible, the events of yep. the Bible. Not supposed to call them stories. Who's the guy that comes to Calvary Chapel Chimales every so often and does the slide the presentation? But he, I mean, he goes through some of that stuff. So yes. it's amazing. I wish I could remember his name. It's not Furtick. No, that's not Furtick. Furtick. But it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's some, that's that's one of my favorite times. It, anytime we have a guest speaker and he and the one I'm thinking of is there, I really do get a lot out of it. He really, Ken Ham is. I don't think Ken, but Ken may be one of them, but yeah. I don't think that's the one that Andy's thinking of because yeah, he was just recently. recently. Yeah, just recently there. Um, let's go to the scripture, and we'll start with Colossians one twenty eight. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Mm. That's another thing one of the girls pointed out, that we have no rules. Christians have no rules. It's all about salvation and grace. Oh, my goodness. What great? Bible are you reading? <laughs> it's just that, no, but that's the thing. It's, it is the the detriment of the prosperity gospel and the false gospel of not providing the requirements and the commandments that Jesus gave upon all of mm, us, yeah. one of which is Matthew 28, but just all of the experts, be sober minded, be diligent, become mature, do not be tossed by the wind to and fro like children. Yeah. You know, I mean, constantly, constantly, but yet they say there are no rules because they look at family members um, or community members who do not walk with the lord and so they're like well whatever you're selling i'm not buying well, we have still we still have thou shall not steal or kill kill or murder. covet covet thy those are still wife. there's a few rules for you how about that well but a what? lot of believers say that the that the new believer is no longer subject to the law oh, that I... that like euphemism and that cliche people say mm -hmm. uh is really um confusing for people that are struggling with their faith he mm -hmm. didn't abolish the law he fulfilled the law all the things i have taught you you practice i will abide in you and you will abide in me he did never you, said throw them out did you read ephesians um i thought i did oh, um... Oh, no. So. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us acceptable in the beloved. Hath made us acceptable. I'm not reading King James. <laughs> now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hmm. So not only are we going to be thrilled, but he's thrilled too. We are his inheritance. Can you imagine? Ephesians 5.27, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Oh, what glorious, what a glorious promise. Isaiah 1.18, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be. Psalm 103.1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
So we have, um, Carrie says, people who say errors in the Bible have not read it. Yes, exactly. And Michael says, I have five older cousins in the nation of Islam, all but one have passed. Years before their death, their two sisters converted them to Christianity. Wait, uh, they were, so the five older cousins, two of them came back to Christ, you mean? Um, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Actually, Nation of Islam people are my favorite people to try to evangelize to. Mm. Uh, and it says, I explained my born-again story in describing how learning about Jesus through reading the Bible provided me a loving father I really never had. And the miracles that he rescued multiple times and the power of the Holy Spirit directing me ever since I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And people ask questions wow. and then I answer specific with my experience. That's another great way. It's with your testimony. Absolutely. And Cindy says, yes, Matthew 4, 18 to 22, and Matthew 28, tomorrow's scriptures on walking with and like Jesus. Amen. We are not, why is that not, okay. We are not saved by the law, but by grace. We abide by God's law out of respect for God and his holiness. There. Amen. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. So I uh, was I was saying earlier that the difficulty with reading the devotional today oh. <laughs> is I exhausted myself on my show about the um, about the incident in oh. Mem Memphis. The, I've my, heard a number of people just go my, after that today. My voice is hoarse from my clamoring. Ugh, it's just it's just uh, terrible. It's terrible. It's uh, it's it's more than terrible. It's these uh, five men. Um, I don't even want to call them officers. They're, they were never. It, it's you know what it reminds me of of, of pastors or um, worship leaders that have have left Christianity. And Jack talks about those type. Jack Pastor Jack Hibbs over Calvary Chapel says that those are those are um, Christians who never knew Jesus Christ, who never ex truly accepted Him as their Lord and Savior. Right. That if you if you can leave that easier if you you know go away and and maybe you never had him never had him at all, right. and that these these guys, these five guys that momentarily wore a uniform in Memphis, that just disrespected the the profession and the in, the industry with their, it's just it, it, it was not one aspect of what they did that falls in line with practice, practice. and procedures and and their their um, oath that they took. Um, and I just wanted to read something really quick. It just, I don't know why this, this devotional is a little reminding me somewhat of, of it. I'm going to change brands here. So I hope I don't do something wacky here. Everything should stay the same, but, um, it is the, um, sense of duty that these guys had no sense of duty. And I, and I, and I, I think I'm thinking of it as a Christian, we should have a sense of, of devotion Absolutely. to Jesus Christ, to God to uh, the Holy Spirit. And um, if I could just, if you would, wouldn't mind. Uh oh, where's, I'm missing one. Where do you see it? No, I don't. Where'd it go? It left. It went away. Um, shoot. Can just read those? 
All right, I'm just going to read two. There, I have, there's actually three, uh, but I'm going to start with the second part of, uh, of the slide that says, a sense of duty is particularly important for individuals in certain professions, such as law enforcement, military, uh, healthcare, and emergency service, where the lives and well-being of others may depend on their actions. It helps to ensure that these individuals are able to remain calm. Yeah, there was nobody. There was, was nobody calm. saying calm and focused in difficult and dangerous situations and to make the right decisions under pressure, which happen. none of that was happening. And the, 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 it, really the most important part is this last, this last slide. I'm so sorry. I don't have the first one, but in general, a sense of duty is an important aspect of being a responsible and dependable member of any community. It helps to promote trust and respect among individuals and to build a sense of cohesion and cooperation in society. It also helps to create a culture of accountability where individuals are held responsible for their actions and are motivated to act in the best interest of oh, others. Where is that in our whole system? Oh, I Teachers. know. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's, I wish I'm so, sorry, I don't have the first one. I have no idea where it went. Um, but really when you, when you, when you look at that sense of duty and I, and I'm not sure, I think the Holy spirit gave it to me before I went live is that I really think that that was the crux of everything. When you watch what happened there is that these men have just lost their way. You know, they, and they may be, who knows? I don't know anything about those five men, but um, were they fatherless? Were they, were they not, faithless. were they, are they faithless? that you put on a uniform and you forget what that responsibility is. I, I talked, I talked to the children that are at the school that we teach at uh, uh, last week and said, I have to tell you this, that once you become a police officer and you're on duty, your feelings don't matter. That whatever you went through at home, whatever you went through, uh, you know, maybe with the children before you left for work, um, no matter how bad your day was, you put that uniform on, you go out into service and that all is, it, it can't impact anything you do on, on the job. Your responsibility is the people you're serving. That includes. Well, which is why we say thank you for your service. <laughs> that includes not only the victims and the witnesses, but the suspects. The yes. suspects are still human beings. Yes. And they are running from you. They are punching you. They are, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, screaming profanities at you, not be, they don't know you. Right. They're, they're yelling at your profession. They're yelling at, at that you are being the authority. You cannot take those things personally. Good point. And, uh, and you need to stay, stay calm in, in that, in that uh, situation and your feelings don't, don't matter. Yes. And that's what happened with these men. They forgot. That, that they took it personal when he ran. They took it personal when he, you know, uh, you know I, I don't know what happened. We don't, nobody really seems to know what happened before the videos all start. Uh, um, but uh, what I explained on the video is that if, even if he swerved his car towards him, even whatever all that was, when he stopped, that became a different part of this call. That has to be behind you. Now you have to reset, calm down, do what it is that you've been trained to do. Absolutely. And uh, well, it's like that one commentator said last night that mm. everybody just went, they just went full gangster. Mm. You know, they just ripped him out of the car, started beating yeah. on him. I mean, like it was just, there was, there was no There's policeman no, no, there. There was no escalation of force. They went to 10. Yeah. There was no one where you say, Hey, come out of the car, put your hands up, 
stand, you know, stand with your back to me and walk back to the car. No, no. And that's so tactically wrong. I mean, that's how you get shot and killed. And and my point in my video that I brought up is that the, 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 the officer that we were watching that on his cam, his body cam, he had his gun out. He was getting ready to do the right thing. This other guy went up there and opened the door and, and, and he pulled him into it. His actions caused the other four or especially the guy there to now have to jump in and do the same thing. Right. It, it, it was the actions of one man that caused it all to go downhill from there. And then they all pers- participated and now they're just as guilty as the other. Um, and so I, I just thought it was important as I was reading that, I was thinking, you know, we have a responsibility here on earth that God has given us to, um, speak to others to to be honoring of god to not put god to shame with our actions and our Do words and our, the Holy right? right doesn't it seem like it's very Absolutely. similar and and then as we get brought up to heaven if, as we follow his uh you know example and the gospel um we will be brought up and made as holy as he but uh, but we have to put in the work we have to put in the effort we have to put sometimes our emotions aside and worry about others Yes. And not about ourselves. It's not about us. The pain that I feel on my knee, the pain you feel on your back when we go to out there, it's not regardless of that pain and discomfort. We are to be the light. Absolutely. And even in our own homes, with our yeah. children, that's our first ministry. And they watch what we do, what we say. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to get on an old tangent there, but it's so just kind of clicked there is, um, as I was reading it. And yeah, uh, Lisa, yeah, there, there's, there's actually supposed to be three slides. He was looking for the third. <laughs> there's, there's three. On my side, you couldn't see it, but they're number two and three, but there should have been a number one and it just disappeared somehow. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, I think there's e- even. Thank you for influencing young potential civic leaders. Praise Jesus. Mm. Yes. Amen. Yeah, I hope I didn't scare them. The kids? Yeah. Oh, I'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> we have good cop, bad cop. I'm the easy one. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I talked about some pretty rough stuff uh, last week. So hopefully, I hope I didn't. Uh, we'll see if nobody shows up. Yeah, if nobody shows up, I know that I scared <laughs> them off. I think we have some comments way back. No, here. we do oh, Okay. Um. Very good. So we have our home church. You're tomorrow. welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Sorry, we will. Um, miss you guys who aren't able to join us and uh i'm actually really excited because i'm going to be talking about communion something that's actually very very dear to me and i just realized that you know as i try to learn more it's like peeling layers of an onion where the you're it's almost really nice to have not grown up in a church i gotta say because i come with a completely fresh palette that comes from reading and learning directly from either source material like the Bible or com- I, I always use very old commentaries. You know, I, I don't try to, I try not to use very modern ones um, just because I feel like they're sometimes corrupted. Um, I, we have a great pastor. Uh, but so as I try to peel this onion of communion and I realize every denomination has a name for what they believe, like, you know, Oh, we don't, we believe in consubstantiation. We believe in transubstantiation. It's a symbolic gesture. No, it's actually the body. And I'm like, oh, wow, such confusion, you know? And you just, and you're afraid because you can't say the way, you can't say the word Eucharist because that's what the Catholics do. And <laughs> yeah. um, it, 
and I love the way Francis Chan puts it because he's just kind of like, look, when you look back at the first thousand years before the schism of the church, before they separated, before Martin Luther, which is actually, I believe, the 1500s, um, everybody basically believed the same things. And now we've put everything into boxes. And so for us, trying to bring unity back into the church and trying to walk in the spirit and with truth, you have to, you have to throw away some of the boxes. And it's scary because you think you can't throw away the boxes because you feel like somebody will say you're a heretic if you try to, okay. So like the simplest, the simplest version, transubstantiation is um, the Roman Catholics believe that the wafer and the blood actually by the profession of the priest over the elements turns them into the body and blood of Christ. So the biggest objection that everybody else has is that you don't, it, it can't, the substance cannot change and you should definitely not need a priest to do that because it believes that once the priest does it, that only that's why they can only give commu uh, communion, the Eucharist to other mm -hmm. Roman Catholics because they have to believe in the transubstantiation. But that whole dogma aside, the way the Lord describes, this is my body that was broken for you, and this is my blood that was shed for you. He obviously wanted us to, to have reverence for that and to believe with faith that something happens when we take it. Mm. It's not just a symbol it's not just a, a ritual. Uh, it's just not the going through the motions. They yeah. told me to do this. So make a prayer. Okay, say a prayer. No, we have to believe that there's a power. There's a there's a communion with God that happens in that moment. Wow. Yeah. You know, and if you if you can't, that is so good. You know, if you can't yeah. shed those misconceptions, oh, I don't want to be a Catholic and I don't want to be a heretic. And I, you know, we get so caught up in the labels and with the way in which we've described it that we, we distill it down into a meaningless gesture. And so mm -hmm. what I'm trying, we're going to actually take communion. Is that what I'm hoping to impart to our group that's, you know, open hearted and open minded? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, you know, think about what do you, what do you believe? And what do you have faith enough to believe happens when you take this communion? Because there's supreme power in communion if you allow it to. And uh, they often make the analogy of the woman that had the issue of blood. And now you have the visual because you saw it in The Chosen. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was throngs of people and hundreds of people. They were grabbing on him and pulling on him. And she said, if only I could touch the hem of his garment. I shall be healed. I will mm. be healed. And when she touched it, when she touched the cord, he said, who touched me? And the, and the apostles were like, what do you mean who touched you? And he's like, power left me. You know, so her faith drew power out of him. So you're telling me that a tradition he told us, do this in remembrance of me, doesn't have power? Mm. It has to have power. Do you think it was, and, and I know that I know that the, the faith had obviously something to do with it, but do you think that uh, there also had to be the ailment for the power to leave? The, the ailment? The, the ailment of... Well, don't we all have ailments? Yeah, but don't you think it was the ailment that pulled the power out of 
No, it was her faith. He said it was only the. I know he said that, but I'm just yeah. wondering. I was thinking, well, maybe Jesus was mistaken. <laughs> you just have a stroke. I had a stroke. <laughs> I just had a mini stroke. I almost lost consciousness. Sorry, you had to experience that too. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, and Tuba says, Your heart has to be right because, yes, because then Paul continues on in 1 Corinthians 11 saying, And make sure that you are in alignment, that your heart is right, that you have examined yourself before you take communion. Um, because it is, a, it is a sacred process. It is communion. It is coming into a direct contact mm. with the Lord and the power. Because we say his blood is in our his blood is in our veins, but for the sake of his blood. And so imagine that every time you were to take communion, um, that you got a little more and a little more and a little more. And that power came, like we say, uh, spirit fall fresh on us, like tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost, fall fresh on us, Lord. Not that you didn't have the spirit before, but you want a new filling of that spirit. Same thing with the blood in, in the in the wafer. You gonna share all this tomorrow? I am. Oh, I can't wait. I just shared it for our guests because they're yeah. not gonna be here. I'm so excited. And Lisa asked me to email my notes. Yes, when I am finished, I will definitely do that. <laughs> and two of us says communion is a symbol of the shed blood and flesh of Christ. And Carrie is afraid. So now I think it's from your <laughs> statement. Hopefully not for the sake of communion, but yes. <laughs> that's why it's so important we read the bible exactly what? that's the yes. point you read the text it says <laughs> it says that this is my body and this is my blood that i will shed for you and take this in remembrance of me and actually there's some very explicit language in john 6 about who does not partake of my blood and body is not of me um, and if you take them, you will abide in him. I will abide in you and you will abide in me. And he's extremely explicit about it. But they said that came before the last supper. Oh, okay. So Jesus never spoke prophetically. Jesus never said things that were about to happen later. He told them a million times. He told them a bunch of times that he was going to die. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think people over intellectualize things. <laughs> so that's just, uh, that's just my thing. Cindy says, uh, we are doing communion tomorrow. Thank you for this conversation. It's helpful. I love that, Cindy. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Tuba says, you don't get power from communion, but from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a way. That's a way to look at it. It's yeah. faith. It's faith. It's believing. Like, is it a chipmunk? Yeah. Looks like a little chipmunk. I don't know. What is that, Tuva? It's a little creature. And where does Tuva come from? What is the. I think it's Hebrew. Really? Or Yiddish? I don't know. We have to wait till she tells us. Tuva. That's actually pretty cool. I just, I'm really trying to look at the picture. This week. Uh, Cindy, <laughs> as you, I don't know what you use to prepare for. Um... You can take the Andy shocking down now. You don't need to. <laughs> okay. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Winnipeg. That's where Tuvan. That's where she's from. Oh, that's where she's watching from. Taken in remembrance is a serious ceremony. 
Time to reflect and reset and oh. align with God. Swedish for beautiful. Oh, that's, that's so nice. sweet. I love that. I'm going to change your name to Tuva. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Trying to make up for my Jesus comment. <laughs> Everybody knows you're just kidding. <laughs> I've never seen you go like, like, like <laughs> what did you just say? Did you just say that on to you, our millions of say, viewers? You could say some really goofy things sometimes, <laughs> but that one was real, that one was real over the top. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. She says it's her dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough. That's funny. Andy Falco. That's funny. It's my dog's name. Yeah, you want to name me after your dog. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want you to be Hedia Jimenez. I think that would be way better. <laughs> Tuva. All right, now I have a new nickname for you. Schnugs. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. Swedish, too. Yeah. Very cool. Don't you have Swedish family members? Or I, is it... Half my family Swedish. Oh, yeah. Not, that, not by blood. <laughs> all my four uncles married Swedish women. They all had four or five kids. So, yeah, all blonde hair, blue-eyed Swedes. Yeah, that's interesting. You met a, uh, a, a, a Pakistani Persian. Not a Pakistani. No, that's Armenian. A whole no. Different, a, that's a different race. Like, see, it's a different nation. I don't know why this is so confusion, confusion for me. Confucius know. for me. I don't know. That I'm having so much trouble. It's like a whole different part of the world. Oh, my God. Explain it again. So we go to the Greek restaurant. Yes. And I recognized <laughs> her accent was familiar. And I asked her if she was Persian. And she said, yes. And she asked me what country. And I said, I am too. She said, what country? And as soon as she said, one co what country? I said, Iran. And she said, oh. And then I started speaking Farsi to her. Then I could tell from her dialect she was speaking Dari which is Afghani. So then I said, oh, what where part are you from? She says, Afghanistan. And I was explaining to Andy that the Persian Empire, that's why they speak the same language, used to be, it used to include Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yes. What did I say? So they are the same nation. They are the same ethnicity. We are the same ethnicity. Oh, I said Pakistan. You said Pakistan. <laughs> you didn't, couldn't even remember which they one. All, all the stands are the same to me. Yeah. They're not like neighboring places. That's a dog? I can't even... <laughs> Wait, I can't uh, see that. Maybe you need glasses. It's really tiny. I mean, it's, it's even tiny for people that don't need glasses. Uh, Cindy says her family is from Lithuania, Ashkenazi Jewish heritage. Oh, neat. That is really neat. Um, oh, are they also believers? Or are you like one of the few believers in your family? Interesting. Oh, it's a chihuahua. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Now we can see is it a puppy? Now we can see the chihuahua. Yeah. Is, big, uh, is that the big old eyes bugging out? And Carrie's saying she's Ashkenazi here via Ireland. Let's say that again. Ashkenazi? Ashkenazi. There's Sephardic and Ashkenazi Jews. Ashkenazi Jews are the ones that are from... Gesundheit. <laughs> As opposed to Sephardic, which are... How, how would you describe it? Is it South America from the South versus North? Uh, Russian heritage? Uh, as opposed to um, Sephardic, which is more Italian, South American. One and a half year old Chihuahua. Oh, she's one of the few. Sorry, we're on two different <laughs> subjects. We're gonna have to I'm on. I'm on the dog. You're on the Ashkenazi. <laughs> we're gonna have to hear your testimony one day, Cindy. And the dog is one and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Two simultaneous conversations. I think you got it. Yes. yes. Very Andy's good. Got another day of sports tomorrow, and I have notes to prepare and food to cook. Yeah, we had sports today. I had uh, my son was at a um, lacrosse tournament. Three games today. Uh, first time playing with a varsity team. He's a sophomore. And your daughter was at a uh, cheerleading competition. Yes. Not so oh, well. you didn't have to say that part. Well, but it didn't. <laughs> it's actually it's going to be all those probably funniest bloopers and jokes because the fall was was dramatic. Yeah, it wasn't dangerous. It was funny. It was funny because my daughter um, uh, prevented her fall with her head. So- <laughs> <laughs> the girl landed on her head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, what food are we preparing for tomorrow? I have a an uh, salmon, a wonderful salmon. Is it Ashkenazi dish? Ashkenazi? No, because no. I am not Ashkenazi. I'm uh, Persian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Carrie didn't get Cindy's contact info. I didn't get it either, Carrie. Uh, so Cindy, or Cindy, did you send me your email address? If you don't mind, send it so I can send it to Carrie. And um, uh, one last thing for Tuva. Tuva, how did you hear about us? And did you just come across us on YouTube? Or did you, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, how did you, how did you find us? It'd be interesting to know. That was funny. And I'm making uh, salmon and Brussels sprouts and uh, pasta with chicken and shrimp in a like a marsala brown sauce mm. and some focaccia bread Can't and wait. some hummus. Sounds yes. so good. To prepare the table. That's another thing. Sorry. Oh, my last thing about yes. communion is the Lord's Supper, right? So the significance was that it was the Passover meal. He was saying he's the sacrificial lamb. There's other kinds of symbolism that are relevant to the New Testament of the Lord's Supper. And um and so not only do we should we cherish the importance of communion, but the importance of the supper, of the Lord's Supper, which is what the Lord has put on my heart about our worship nights is just fellowship, breaking bread together, you know, and mm-hmm. the importance of that fellowship and the importance of learning to love on each other and to pray for each other. And um, that's the that's the importance of coming to the table. Yeah. You insisted on there being food. Yes. Like that. that was I love that. Important. I love that. It's an important part to me. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Anything else? Schnooks? That's it. Do you want to uh, tell people about the Edify app? I think you should. You did a really good job. <laughs> okay. Here. I'll tell you about it. Just one sec. Here it is. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. Do you know that video of the phone uh-huh. uh, scrolling through? That's me actually scrolling scrolling through my phone. But where's your finger? We can't see the finger because it's just the the software just takes the video. <laughs> it's just my phone. How can it be the, scrolling if your phone, finger's not? They can't see my phone because it's just a video of the phone screen. But how'd you get it to scroll? I did it with my thumb. But how come we can't see your thumb? 
because I didn't record me scrolling through my phone. It's a recording of the screen of my phone, like a screenshot. But how how come it moves? Because (laughs) (laughs) because I'm using my thumb. I don't understand why we can't see a thumb. Because it's not a video of me scrolling through my phone. Oh, it's a it's a screen. You know how there's something on your phone and you take a screenshot and uh-huh. it's just it's it, it doesn't it does that's static a screenshot's static it doesn't keep moving and having all the buttons but you can take you can take a video of your phone too you just pull down the menu and you hit re- screen record and get the screen record and it'll record everything you do on your phone but it doesn't have a it doesn't show like the bottom of your thumb no okay no oh learn something new technology <laughs> so back to my point i just get paid to think big thoughts love that's, just, that's been my motto my whole life i don't well, know anything else um so just really quick okay, wait a minute. yeah uh tuba says rick warren was on there yeah you know it's funny i don't know why they use rick warren yeah um, i just happened to have yeah. him when i was thumbing through i'll redo that i'll redo that video uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Cindy sent her email address. Thank you very much. And she was referring to on edit phone. Yes. Oh. And then Lisa's confirming that you can record videos and edit them. Right. <laughs> and Carrie's I'll saying, edit. I'll edit Rick Warren out of there. <laughs> right. I'll put saying, a little. I'll put a little black line through his eyes. Right. Yeah. And uh, you can pick and choose. Tuba. Carrie's telling you. <laughs> yes. That's that's the greatest part about a democracy: the freedom to choose. And uh, Carrie says she prefers watching on YouTube. Awesome. All right. Is that it now? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. All right. Thank you all for you, watching. You Have a wonderful Sunday. May mind. the Lord bless you with new knowledge, um, friends, people to love on, and uh, just enjoy the day of the Lord. All right. I'm going to do the outro today. Bye. Bye. I'm on the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. God bless. We love you.